Hi everyone. Today on the podcast, we have a fellow volleyball super fan, Nicholas. Thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm good, Dan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. And how this all started, it started pretty recently, right? Because I saw this Instagram page called Volley Sport News and I was like, oh my goodness, like this is exactly the kind of like stuff I want to see. Probably if you're listening to this podcast, you'd, you're going to be really excited about this page too. And, and, and Nicholas, you definitely know your stuff. How, how, like, how did you get this page started? And can you tell us a little bit about it? Like everybody, COVID sort of slowed everything down on the on the volleyball end, and that just got me good. Well, the only volleyball right now going on is pro volleyball. So I already knew a little bit about what was going on in Europe, but this COVID sort of gave me the chance to get into it a little more, and I started following it. And then with a couple of buddies, we started talking about it, and the more I talked about it, the more I figured out that I loved it and had a deeper passion for volleyball besides just playing. A lot of free time since we're not playing right now here in uh, in Canada. So basically all I wanted to do is sort of get that information out there because here in North America, no pro leagues and then no university or college leagues going on. We want to get that uh, volleyball information out there for the fans to see and no better way to do it on social than to do it on social media. Yeah. And I love to see that kind of stuff because when I started doing five on volleyball a few years ago, like. I, I, there was pretty much no in English or, or French mm. talk about volleyball, especially in North America. So I, it's great to see other pages pop up, and I really like yours. And you seem to have a pretty packed schedule, though, uh, judging oh, yeah. by, by your page so far. You're, you're keeping <laughs> yourself busy. So, so what kind of what kind of content are you making? So I think I've got about three days where it'll be uh, league updates. So covering uh, four days with league updates. So we'll go uh, mainly towards the French league on Saturdays, the Italian league on Mondays, and the Polish and Russian leagues on Thursdays. So that's the set schedule for now, but some leagues are going to end earlier than others. We've got NCAA starting up soon. That could be a fun, uh, fun league to cover. Uh, one thing that I'll be doing on Fridays is a player feature on someone that people don't know as much. So uh, for this week, uh, I'll be covering uh, Ole Plotnitsky from Perugia, who's an up-and-coming prospect. On Wednesdays, I'll be having uh, guests on the, on the show. Uh, sometimes it'll be more known guests. Sometimes it'll be lesser known guests. And we're just going to talk about volleyball, sort of like what we're going to do here today. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, have you always been a volleyball fan? I mean, I guess you told us a bit about it, but like, have you, are you a player? What, like, what's, uh, where are you from? Can you tell us just a little bit? You don't have to give away too much. But. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm based out of Quebec City right now. So I'm finishing up for, uh, with the Limoilou Titan program, which is a pretty well-known program here in Canada, college level. And uh, here in Quebec, we have the opportunity to do that as a sort of pre-university uh, sort of uh, co um, course so we do that and then we go to university and uh, next year i'll be joining the laval rougeau volleyball program awesome i'll we'll look forward to watching you there but let's get into this the stuff our fans are, are, are after and that's some volleyball discussion and i think i mean what i'm most excited for right <laughs> now and i probably 
every every hardcore volleyball fan is the Italian Cup, oh, Lube yeah. versus Modena tomorrow, and Perugia versus Trentino, two unreal matchups. Um, so I guess we could just start. Let's start with Lube and Modena. Yeah. Um, what what are your initial, just surface level thoughts? All right, so we'll get into Modena first because we got to mention that Micah Christensen is an absolute baller right now, having a top-level season, proving to everybody that she, he should be in the conversation for top one, two, or three setter. Depends on who you ask, but he's definitely playing at that, uh, at that very top level in the world right now. Well, uh, so. I, rem- I know you had a poll on your, on your Instagram page, <laughs> and I don't think Micah was number one by the fans' uh, votes, no. was it? Was he? No, we still Bruno's still got a lot of a uh, lot of leverage in the in the North America's eyes, but I think uh, Bruno, especially having played in Brazil this season, I think that opened up the door for players such as Christensen and Dacheco to come in that top two conversation. And Christensen's definitely, in my opinion, been playing at that number one spot. Yeah, he's he's been having a fantastic year, and and I mean, getting a lot out of this Modena team. Which, like, look at the players they lost: Bartosz yeah. Bednorz, Max Holt, uh, yeah, Matt Anderson. Matt Anderson, yeah. Crazy, and they're. And, I mean, granted, they're not having an amazing season, but you know, all right, Champions League doing well. If you know, if they pull off an upset tomorrow, that would be unreal. But I think I just did a prediction on the yeah. Euro, the Euro Volley show uh, that's on the CV YouTube channel. But I said. Uh, Lube three two. What 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 would you think? I have to go Lube with that three three one. I'll, I'll agree with oh, Rob okay. on that. You're one. giving that... you're giving Modena you're giving Modena a set. Fair enough. Yeah, I'll I'll give them an, an like. I just Lube is way too balanced of an offense that Micah can only do so much. He's, he's like he's putting his hitters in those one on one situations. Like his pipe setting was just confusing Monza completely the other other day but i don't think that's going to happen against lube and like just looking at the stats from lube's quarterfinal they didn't even have to use leal they yeah. crushed padova without using leal so just to see that top level of the team not use one of their best players having that like hidden weapon on the court is uh is definitely scary and i i just don't see a modena coming out on top Shout out to Grabenikov too for having an amazing season and getting that MVP nod in the quarterfinals. It's rare to see, rare and yeah, great. Yeah. To see Libs getting that MVP nod, especially in Italy. I mean, mm. I, I can barely remember the last time I can I can name a libero getting MVP. But in terms of matchups, Lube Lube versus Modena, mm-hmm. player uh, position to position, what do you think yeah. is going to be the key kind of the key matchup here? So I think on the right side, that would be the, the closest matchup with the Vittoria, I believe, for Mona yeah. and yeah. Rizlitsky uh, for Lupe. I think that's where the closest matchup would be if we're not talking about setters. Like setters and libs, the edge definitely goes to Modena. But in terms of point getting... Definitely, definitely. I don't uh, know. Decheco is, is, I think, firing on all cylinders. With I think he's a perfect fit oh yeah. on this Lupe team. Definitely perfect fit. But uh, in terms of... Uh, the impact, like uh, like you guys talked about earlier, the impact he has on his team, yeah. uh, Micah's definitely making that uh, making that show run uh, that ship run a lot smoother than it could be in Modena. 
they could yeah. be having a lot of problems with the lineup they have right now. And they're, they're staying afloat and even doing better than that because mainly of Grabenikov's and Christensen's play. Yeah, for sure. And, and Luca Vittori, like you mentioned, is, is someone who, who, I don't know, he has a pretty good pedigree. He, he mm-hmm. definitely can have the occasional like 60% hitting game, like on 27 sets or something. But we also see a lot of, a lot of kind of stinkers from him, a lot of unforced errors yeah. sometimes. He's really prone to hitting over the block and missing the hands going out of bounds. And yeah, they can't afford to have that because they will need to rely on him, especially probably going to have to go out of system a lot against like Lube, a very strong yeah, serving yeah. team. Yeah, see Lube, like if if Mona was playing Perugia or Trentino, then it might be a, and not I'm not saying that because Lube would, is a far better team, but just in terms of matchups, and Modena being an uneven, like a uneven team, and Lube just being such a, a well balanced team, I think that's why I would give the edge to Lube in this one. All right, and last question here, topic before we move on to the other fun one. Mm-hmm. Lineup decision, very important lineup decision for Modena. Yeah. Second outside hitter, or or even or even whatever yeah, combination it's, it's, of two outside hitters, because it's a three. Nobody's guaranteed, but between Nemanja Petrik, um, yeah. Daniele Lavia, and Moritz Karlitzek, who, who are your two guys? So I think I'd be uh, definitely going with that uh, Petrich, especially with the just the term like in terms of size. I think I would go because uh, you need you need to rely on stuff that you would have advantage uh, over Lube and with the. The Checo and Rijlitsky blocking. I'm not saying like Rijlitsky would be a bad blocker, but if you want to get the edge uh, on the left side, I'd go with the uh, Petrich. And uh, the second the second spot is a pretty pretty much a wild card, and probably depends on how training will go today for them. Uh, they probably have unreal practices, honestly. Yeah. They uh, sure. <laughs> probably all these they teams probably, do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. But uh, yeah, probably depends on wh- uh, how training will go today if uh, between the two other ones. But I think Petrich should be a lock uh, for that uh, number one spot. I, I I don't know if I agree with that. I, I mean, I have All a soft right. stop for Petrich because I, yeah. I, I, I was there at Eurovolley 2019 when he was like went off and basically yeah. like won Serbia, the tournament came yeah. to clutch. But he getting a little older. He's getting a little yeah. slower. He's lost a few inches on the vertical. That's and true. I, I, I'm a huge Moritz Karlitzik fan. I've been following his right. career since since the Frankfurt days. And I think he's like blossomed so much offensively and service-wise for Modena. For me, and I know this is not going to happen, but for me, Karlitzik <laughs> is the lock. And then it's between Petrich and okay. Daniele Lavia. So why don't we call it split the difference and yeah. say Karlitzik and Petrich. Although... I don't know if they can do that because they're foreigner. They're foreigner limit with the Micah exactly. Uh, group. Yeah, that's Micah tough. Micah and yeah, being on the court. Uh, one thing for sure is that if they if they can figure out that foreigner restriction, all three will probably get some action. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Definitely not as anticipated though as the next game, Trentino Definitely versus not. Perugia. Like. What an absolutely crazy match this is going to be. I'm really excited for this one. Yeah, so on the on the men's side, uh, this week we had the Zaxa Belchatau game, and I had that as the game of the year for men so far. Game of the- but I think, uh, but I think that would be. I thought that was a great game, especially with uh, Taylor Sander uh, playing at the at a top level, 
for probably the first time since he came back. Uh, but uh, Perugia Trentino will, has that potential to absolutely amaze volleyball fans uh, tomorrow. That'll be a great game. Yeah, exactly. And then like all these teams have, have, have faced each other already in the regular season, but yeah. I feel like we haven't seen like this iteration of Trentino, like the win streak Trentino. Exactly. Uh, really, really play uh, at, at Perugia yet. And also, I like the stakes being a little higher, like Champions League, mm. Italian Cup. Like these these bigger matches are, are a little more exciting. But I think, I, man, how many aces are they going to score in this game? <laughs> yeah. Like like There's over under 25. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> over under on aces at 25. Oh, man. Yeah. I'd say under, but it'd be it's probably going to be closer than uh, closer to that than we think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. It's I mean, yeah, it's definitely going to be a a, a a shootout for sure between these two teams. Yeah. And 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 another interesting lineup decision um, for Trentino. Yeah, because yeah, uh, Dick Coy and Alessandro Micheletto. It's crazy to think that like this Alessandro Micheletto. Like we know what you. I'm sorry. No. Nobody outside of Italy had heard of him before this year. Mm. Um, and I remember the, the first time I heard about him was I was watching an Instagram live between uh, Kavika Shoji and Micah Christensen. Yeah. And I asked them in the chat who, who they thought like the best prospects coming to this year. And they were like, we just, I think it was Kavika, who's like, we just played Trentino. And they had this like six foot 10 like outside <laughs> hitter who was passing like dimes against us. And they're like, yeah. who is this guy? And then of course he goes on to win the uh, U twenty European MVP yeah. like a week later, and now and now he's starting for a team One that's won like twenty games in a row. So, so who yeah. who? But Dickoy obviously is a very good player as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, who who would your pick be? So I think Trentino has to go with Micheletto here, uh, for that j- just because uh, he's proven himself on the court. He's proven that he 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 has to be on the court for them to win. And also, well, I don't think Trentino's coach is considering this, but we're going to have a prospect showdown, a lefty left side showdown between Pletnitsky and Micheletto on the left yeah. side. So that, that's going to be great to see. Uh, not necessarily two similar players, different styles, but... Very lefty, different styles, lefty, I would say. Lefty. I would say they're almost, I don't know, yeah. not complete opposites, but... One thing about Plotnitschke, and you might talk about this on your show as well, mm. but I, I was, I think it was last weekend's match. He has, he's really improved on his like changeup game, his roll shots, yep. his tips. I think there was a sequence uh, last weekend where he had this really nice, just little dip above the block. And the next play, the defender in five played way up on him. And then he just sent it to the back corner yep. easy. And I'm like, this is a guy who can serve at like 120 kilometers an hour, yeah. bang the ball. Jumps super high, and now he adds this to this game. I, I mean, he, he is he is quite the player, and I think Perugia. I'm, I'm glad he's starting this year because if if he was on the bench yeah. for another year behind Filippo Lanza, I would have been like, yeah, <laughs> that would have been nonsense. Yeah, so that lefty showdown is going to be really cool because we know what we're getting out of Leon, we know what we're going to get out of Abdelaziz. Those are, and then we don't know what we're going to get out Antenisiewicz, but we know what we could get out of him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 his health is a question. I think he's been out longer than probably we anticipated, and I think Teister Horst has done a great job uh, filling oh, yeah. in at the opposite. Especially, I mean, he's a he's an outside hitter for me. Like he's always exactly. been like 
he plays like an opposite even when he was an outside hitter because he couldn't pass yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, really nice guy, by the way. Um, yeah, but and I, I mean, I'm obviously probably a bit disappointed as Canadians that uh, Shawan yeah, yeah. Vernon Evans uh, isn't playing a bigger role on the team, uh, which is too bad because I think, you know, based on last year's season with Ravina, I mean, this would have been perfect for him. But Exactly. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah, it's it's a big question mark at opposite for this game. And I just you probably just listened to this on the European volleyball show, but yeah. you know, maybe at maybe Hannon's been hiding out of Tennessee a bit. Well, exactly, because it's not that we haven't seen him. Like he's been warming up, he's on the bench, he's dressed. Yeah. And he's gotten into a, a few games. Yeah, he comes in a couple like so like you said, is is uh, is Vital Hanin just like sort of giving us a little taste like yeah, yeah, we're first in the Italian league and we're not even using this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we could be using this guy. So we'll I have mean, to yeah, see. That, the fact that they're doing so well and they're missing yeah. like top four or five opposite in the world is, is, is ridiculous. Exactly. With uh, the loss of Dechecko and being replaced with the Dragon uh, at the center spot to Trevice. Yeah. All right. So what's your, what's your prediction? What's the score? So I would love to see Trentino win. Uh, I think they are going to win. So I'll give them the edge 3-2. We'll go to five. This will be the game of the year so far. And if we're going to keep going with that, if Trentino wins tomorrow, they will pull off the upset on Sunday against Lube. So Trentino winning the Italian Cup with a 19-year-old Italian starting. Yeah. Okay. I think Perugia, I, I hope this is the same prediction I made like an hour ago, but I think Perugia <laughs> I think is going to be Trentino 3-1. to one. Yeah. Yeah. As for the finals, though, yeah, I think Perugia again. Yeah. Perugia's going to win. I, I just think that the serving on that team, I mean, having Plotnitschke and yeah. Vion back-to-back, that's like three points automatically on your Automat- oh, the yeah. game. And and I, and Trentino's uh, reception line. I don't know. I, I still don't trust them a hundred percent. I I've been high on them. I've I've remained faithful in them even throughout their losing streak because yeah. I, I knew Lucarelli was going to turn it around. There's no way he's, oh, yeah. he was going to play that poorly. But we have seen the reception line break down a few times uh, throughout the season. Uh, That's what they so got. To avoid. That's what they have to avoid if they want to keep winning because offensively they have no problems. Yeah, and then someone someone I got a DM on Instagram. Yep. This is a bit of a side uh, thing, but Micheletto, is he? Go- do you think he's going to start on the Italian Olympic oh, okay, team yeah. at the Olympics? That, Italy is such a, a question mark, and they're probably one of the teams that, with COVID postponing the games, they were the most screwed because they they were coming up on that. I I would because Wantarena and Zaitsev like those are starters, and like if you're adding that one and two years to to the olympics then it sort of it get it makes them older they're not going to stay that age that they would have been so italy's got to make a decision are they gonna not not cut zaitsev and Wantarena, obviously but are they gonna not obviously not but if are they gonna put more emphasis on the younger guys uh, when they make that selection and then once they make that selection but i think micheletto has definitely proven himself that he earns a spot on that team and going to be a top three uh, outside swinger and it I, I would love to see him starting he's definitely a um, got the potential to revolutionize that position as 610 610 left-handed left side 
who who can pass. Who could like, pass at nineteen, which yeah. is which is rare, even if you're six three. Like <laughs> exactly. So yeah. if if it didn't happen, Italy's going to definitely be a a team to watch uh, even more than they would have been say in twenty twenty without Micheletto. Yeah, I I think I, I kind of agree. I definitely agree with your reasoning. And then the mm. other two choices, I guess, would be Filippo Lanza, who is having yep. who is having a bit of a bounce back season and and traditionally plays a lot better with the national team than in his club seasons. And then also, uh, yeah, we're not seeing it to see like Antonov or Luigi Randazzo. Those two guys are like no, <laughs> uh, no chance. And then Daniele Lavia, I think, uh, I okay, think would yeah. be the the other choice as well. But like, he's I mean he's he's solid, but. But yeah, as an Olympic like starting level player, I don't know. It's it's definitely I think Micheletto is more of a risk because I mean a 19 year old playing the Olympics, the you know the bright lights. But then at the same time, Gianelli in 2016 exactly like, exactly was the same thing. So okay, I, I think yeah, I think you're right. I think Micheletto, Micheletto and Juan the old generation, new generation. Could exactly, be, could be a good story actually. As long as you have that that experience on the court. I don't think uh, Micheletto can hurt the team. And exactly. All right. So help. if you guys want to watch these games, risesport.it, uh, you probably, unless you're listening from Italy, you'll need a VPN to watch those. Uh, 3.30 and 6 uh, CET. Uh, so that would, yeah, that would be noon for the second game and yeah. uh, 9.30 a.m. if you're yeah, Eastern, Eastern time. Uh, over listening in North America. Okay, so our next topic, something that I don't talk a lot about on this podcast. Uh, I used to more, but <laughs> this, it's maybe not one of the top top leagues in the world, but it, it's still an extremely yeah, competitive league with a ton of, of really good foreigners. And I think probably a league that's a bit underrated in my opinion. I think, Definitely. like, I think it's, Top to, like the level of talent might actually be very close to Brazil this year. Like the the yeah. top teams probably not, but the French league is a lot deeper. So, uh, Nicholas, help us out with the French league. Let's let's talk. Um, what are a couple of the big storylines right now going on in France? All right. So in the past couple of years, for anybody that's been anywhere close to that league, you guys know that Tour or Tours. Is, has been the dominant team and has consistently finished at that number one, number two spot. Uh, had a great season going last year before COVID shut them down. And I guess budget issues, that's probably what happened. They lost their entire team. So completely new team this year. They, they're rep- the lone representative for uh, Ligue 8 and Champions League uh, and got first covid screwed up their season last year and then they champions league draw first two names out of the ballot lube perugia yeah their season was over uh, as soon as that happened i'm sorry (laughs) so uh so champions league is basically done they had that first tournament in tours uh they're lucky well i guess they're lucky enough to have Arkes Izmir in their pool that didn't travel because of COVID. So they've got that automatic 3 nothing win, but I don't see them upsetting any of the Italian teams in the second leg. So probably. No, and, and thank you, Tours, for uh, hosting that tournament. That was awesome. But mm-hmm. yeah, like, and, and it's too bad. Izmir Tours actually would have been a really good match. I would have yeah, exactly. been looking forward to watching that Canadian setter 
Jay Blank and exactly. uh, the starting yeah. setter on Izmir. But yeah, I mean, Tours is one of those teams. I, I always love Tours because I feel like even as a, a big volleyball fan, like I don't know a lot of the signings they make a, a lot of the time, but it's they always find guys that are like so oh, yeah. underrated. I feel like they get such good value. And then of course, but they still manage to keep uh, Nathan Wunenbena, which which yeah, their captain awesome. and yeah. the heart and soul of their team. Still going. I think he's 34, 35, if I'm not exaggerating a bit, and still getting up there, getting the kills. And so he's the heart and soul of that team. And like you said, those prospects that are underrated, best example is Angel Trinidad from oh. from Spain, yeah. who did tours last year, did a one-year stint, and is setting in the Polish league, if I'm not mistaken, this year. Yep, yep. for Versava. For Versava, yeah. So... No, that's a Turska is that sort of historic program uh, that has won a lot lately. But this year, Montpellier Volleyball is definitely the team to watch and the team to beat. I think they're sitting at 14 and 2. They're playing right now, actually, oh, yeah? against okay. uh, Poitiers. So I, I've watched the first set before we started recording, and they won that one uh, at 25 22. Obviously, Ryan Sclater. Canadian getting most of the load on offense and doing a great job at it. So Montpellier definitely uh, the team to watch. They've got a the, like I started writing notes down and I realized the top players in France are like Sclatter's like a very top uh, level player, but he's not that big. But all the other top level players in uh, in um, France are absolute units, just oh, yeah? huge huge gym guys. So. Taylor Averill, American, won the... Oh, mid- man. He's, he's been like the story MVP. of the season so yeah. far. Playing for Ken, mid-season MVP, absolute unit. Lincoln Williams plays on Ken too, right side. Just a massive guy. Yeah, the Australian, the Aussie. Yeah, he's, on, he's great as well. And then Tourcoing, who actually had, a, the, who had the number one seed before Christmas, had a great start. Uh, I don't know what happened internally, but they lost three or four or five straight. Uh, they're sitting at third now. They And then they just cut their right side and uh, signed a new one, uh, Arpad from Hungary. Arpad Boroti. Yeah, he's, exactly. he's good. Absolutely. Because they had uh, Sasa Starovic before, right? Exactly, yeah. I, I watched a couple Turquen games because I I really I was doing a video on Mateus Sanchez. Uh, okay. So so I, re- I was watching a f- uh, some, yeah. some video of them. And I was like, man, this team would be so much better if they, okay. if they changed out their right side. I mean, Starovich wasn't great to begin with, it and now he's, okay. now he's too old. So, yeah. they, I mean, they, they recovered. They won 3 nothing last weekend, and they were winning 2 nothing today before we started rec- recording. But, but they're basically so. Team Argentina, right? Because they have Sanchez, oh, yeah. they have <laughs> Augustin Lozer, and they have, by the way, another a great volleyball prospect, if you haven't been on to him yet, Luciano Polanski. Great player, mm-hmm. and I think he's only what 20, 21? Yeah, he's pretty young. He's a guy I think so. you'll see in Italy for sure. In the future. So, I like Tours is sitting in second in that league right now, uh, but they've also played a lot less games uh, because of their Champions League involvement and the COVID postponements. So, I, I, I'd probably see Montpellier and Tourcoing have that top two seed finals. Uh, showing and Montpellier is playing in the CV Cup too 
Yeah. So in the final four in that one, so definitely can't, can't forget that. That'll be a sweet tournament with the two Russian teams as well. Yeah. The CV Cup is such a, a great tournament when, when it gets down to the final few teams because exactly. they're like it, all these teams at the end there could easily be Champions League teams. Exactly. Um, yeah, for Montpellier, another player I've got to highlight because oh, yeah, he beat me a thousand <laughs> times in high school, uh, yeah. Danny Demyanenko, uh, who, you know, had a really good U Sports career um, yeah. over, over at McMaster. Uh, at least in my era, he was like the, one of the guys. Like, oh, he was yeah. amazing. Um, but hasn't really had maybe the pro career slash national team career that we expected, or at least I expected. You know, probably one of the most hyped Canadian middle prospects yeah. in a long time. Um, but it seems to be this year. I mean, he's not like blowing the French league out of the water, but he's you know part of a very good team and playing very well. I, th I think. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely having a bigger impact than years before, and slowly having that, like you said, that a uh, sort of stardom that he had uh, here in Canada with McMaster. Yeah, uh, and then okay, so we also have. So who's your pick? First of all, because you said the finals, Turquin, Montpellier. Oh, Montpellier. If Montpellier doesn't win this season, uh, they, I think it'll be a disappointment. I think they're definitely the team that should win. Uh, watching them play before this podcast, like they're, they're just so sound. And like, they, uh, like you could tell that they, they, they still have another gear or two to go on. Like there's, there's setter uh, Gonzalez, if I'm not mistaken, Probably around six six, probably two twenty, two twenty five. Just oh, the key, yeah, he's shoulders. Great. He's, he's shoulders. kind of a French veteran too. He's been there a while. Yeah. Chamon, yeah, he's, and... So that's another team we should uh, mention. Stephen Marshall doing some good work uh, with Chamon yeah. uh, this year. So a lot of Canadians playing in that French league. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I... you have a bit of a language help for for some. Exactly. Yeah, for some. <laughs> Yeah, maybe not yeah. so much for the Ontario people like me who who come to Europe and then, <laughs> then have to relearn French. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, Chaumont, I don't know. I'm a little disappointed by them though. They're, like they're usually yeah. one of the top the top few teams in yeah. France, and I, I really enjoy watching them play. But I think losing Martin Atanasov was was pretty bad, pretty big deal for them. I, I'm sure for a big big chunk of change to uh to, to losing him to Turkey. Well, yeah, but, exactly. Exactly. But, but yeah, that, that hurts them. Um, but how are they doing this year? So Chaumont is mid-table. And like I said in my update on uh, Saturday, the mid-table is actually really close right now with uh, 10 points separating eight teams right now. So definitely a, definitely an open spot uh, for the playoffs. I think it's a pretty big playoff pool as well. So uh, they could cause surprises, but like you said, uh, haven't been sort of living up to the Chaumont expectations and just watching Montpellier and even Tourcoing now that they're back uh, to winning form, uh, watching them play against other teams, they, they're, they're definitely in, in another level in that league this year. All right. And yeah, for anyone who doesn't watch the French league, lnv.tv, is it still free? Uh, so I thought it wasn't, but I was able to log in earlier so i don't know if it's because i've created my account during the free period right. uh, but it might be it might be because they had it for about uh two months there yeah that was so, great yeah. and and it's not it's basically where the italian league was like three three or four years ago like not every game is produced a lot it's a, there's a few static yeah. cam games which yeah sometimes i can watch but <laughs> not <laughs> yeah, all the so time 
sometimes you're not in the mood for that but some of the games are are actually have quite nice tv production yeah last year for our team trip we went to france and we got to catch a couple league a games oh. and so the, the, you you can see that definitely when you're there in person which is impossible today but when the fans will be ready to go back some of the pairs volley for even for being a mid-level tier uh, team as of late because of budget issues has an unbelievable fa facility a facility and unbelievable uh, pre presentation throughout the game uh definitely champions league material probably not as much budget but definitely close to it with all the lights and all the panels around and yeah it's it's one thing uh you know kind of being more, a little more in the volleyball media now the french teams are their media people are like a plus like even yeah. if they have the staff budgets maybe not the player budgets but their their staff, <laughs> yeah. their staff is unreal and and I, I don't know I, I do like the french league a lot because there's so many first of all they have no foreigner limit and exactly. I, I think we had a bit of a, a instagram conversation yeah. about about uh about how the silly the foreigner limits are and frustrating they are in north america but yeah france is great so you see a lot of prospects that you yeah. know could be in the big exactly. league someday you see, obviously, a lot of North Americans, so Canadians and Americans uh, play in the league. And, yeah, there's just, like, a huge – it's a very diverse league. I feel like you see a lot exactly. of guys from every continent. And Yeah, maybe not all the best French players play there. But, uh... but that's, like, like we said, no foreigner rules. When you see their teams, the French players that are on there are good players. They're not shoving – their development players onto pro teams uh, to fill out the rosters. These are full rosters with people that that uh, that play at that caliber of play in the French league, and definitely a a sort of stepping stone for those top level American players and Canadian players that want to uh, slide into Europe. That's definitely a good first step, and you go shine there, and then you get that Italian or Russian or Polish contract a year or two after. Yeah, and another interesting thing with the French league, which I don't know if really any other league works this way, or just based on conversations I've had with guys, like the French league, B league, first of all, is, is close to as competitive as the A league and, yeah. and also pays like, like it's not a, a huge pay difference like it would be in, in Italy or Poland yeah. or something. No, B league is, is a, basically it's just different cities. It's yeah. just different cities, different budgets. Uh, you'll see that not all the time it'll be because of relegation that teams will go down and be. It'll be just based off uh, budget issues that teams will go down to be. But yeah, I, I watched a couple B League games last year uh, live and a lot of good players. Rudy, Ver, Rudy Verhoff, oh, yeah. or Rudy Verhoof, yeah, I don't know how you, how you <laughs> pronounce it. Uh, he's playing for Plessis Robinson which is based out of Paris yeah, and okay. they're having a great season and he's, he's lighting it up as a right side and he's not even, he's lighting it up and he's not even the MVP on his team. They've got a Brazilian, uh, Felicio. I don't know. He, he's just lighting it up. So a big bouncer yeah. hits over the block. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, Felipe, gets... Felipe Bandero. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't Fe know. Felicimo. Felicimo. <laughs> okay, I know okay. that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, nice. Well, I'm definitely going to go to a French game because I'm only about two hours away trained exactly. from Paris. So um, definitely got to go out. And their women's league is very, very good as well. Yeah. Well, we saw it this week with not uh, not, yeah. not hosting that uh, hosting their pool uh, their pool play for Champions League. Not one.
All right. So final final topic, Nicholas, for you here today. Um, All right. I got a Canadian on the show, and I'm sorry if you're not Canadian, you might have to stop listening <laughs> now. But Canada at the Olympics, what do you think? Or we could just talk oh. about the Olympics in general a little bit. Ah. Um, oh. It's a what's tough your, question for Canada. What are our, what are the chances and, and what's your starting lineup? So th yeah, those are two very complicated questions. So let's go with the starting lineup first. Uh, I think we're going to, they're, they're going to have to keep going with that three power hitter system. Uh, and the, the good part is that they all bring something different to the uh, table. So Gord Perrin playing in Russia, Nick Ho playing in Turkey and Steven Marr having a great season in Italy, just fully, not that we didn't think that he was going to be good after university because he lit it up in university, but I think he's definitely surpassing expectations uh, yeah. in terms of success in the Italian league. So I, I don't know. I, I'm not comfortable making that decision who the two starters would be, but definitely that uh, that's three person system. So, so no uh, traditional opposite then you're benching Sclater, you're benching Shalon. Oh no no no! They, those those three would play the two left side spots. Oh okay, you're, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly. Well, because we've seen so, Nick Hoke. we've seen him play opposite yeah. before. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm not comfortable putting. I think Sclater and Sharon are definitely going to get you your points though. Yeah, yeah for sure. They, one of those two has to be on the court. So in the Olympic qualifications, they they ran a full team lineup just interchanging at different moments, trying to keep everybody on the court fresh. And it worked. I mean, they, they beat Cuba, which was the big, uh, big step. I don't know if that can work at the Olympics though. So yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah. have to decide on the starting lineup. And I mean, I hate to speak out against a, a Canadian, but Sharon not getting to play this year definitely gives the edge to Sclater going into the summer. Oh, hey, I mean, like you go. said, Sclater playing amazingly this year. So yes, exactly. Uh, I think the only locks on the court, though, are Blair Ban at libero and Graham Vigrass at the middle spot. Uh, Arthur Schwark will probably get the that second middle spot uh, with other players, Lucas Van Berkel uh, in the in the mix too. But uh, Arthur, we saw a lot of our Sh Arthur Schwark at the Olympic qualifications, and he's been and he's another guy who's having like a crazy season yeah. playing opposite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, he's been, like he, they put him in an opposite. Sometimes he'll block out of the middle. So basically he plays middle in the front, but sometimes hits out of the right side, but stays in the back and then hits that C ball. So doing everything for Sisterna, which I mean, aren't having the greatest of seasons, but fun to see that a Canadian is having a good season over there. So he'll probably get the nod. And the center spot is honestly wide open. Because we've seen a lot of Brett Walsh lately. We've seen Jay Blankenau come back from injury. TJ Sanders is still recovering slowly from his uh, his surgery. So uh, I don't know. They, they're going to bet to... on TJ. I, I, yeah, I hate to say I it, but I, I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't expect him. Yeah. Well, we saw it uh, a few years ago that they have to make tough decisions. They did that at the two 2016 Olympics. Yeah. So. Uh, for sure. uh, and I don't know, maybe it's because we're Canadians that we feel like those are tough decisions. Probably other countries <laughs> yeah, are going to who are not as biased for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a great, great tournament. Um, I don't know if they're advantaged by that wait period though. Uh, that, that, that year delay, I think it if it would have been 2020, we would have had a better tournament than we're going to have now, but 
like I said, like Italy having those uh, those young players. Like I don't see, I don't know, is Eric Lepke going to get the call to to play on oh, that team? No, I don't think so. Uh, maybe is a yeah, maybe is a fourth guy. But those guys, I feel like the the current team, there's there there's a lot of exactly. chemistry as well, right? They're really exactly. tight. So I'm gonna say, but he's playing so well. Like like <laughs> it's good. Like we're talking yes. about Micheletto and playing on the left side for Italian and like having no choice to make the Italian team. While Eric Lepke, who's putting up three point four points a yeah. set right now, right there with Steven Mara. Like if you're gonna put Steven Mara on the team, why aren't you putting Eric Lepke on the yeah. team, who's yeah. just as much on a on a on a worse team than Milano? So well. I'm just I'm glad that Lepke's playing well because for the last like yeah. three years I've been every, like, <laughs> everyone's uh, who's like oh is there any good Canadian players coming I'm like man wa- watch this kid Lepke man oh, yeah. <laughs> watch this kid oh, Lepke yeah. he's gonna he's he's coming to Italy first year and uh, and blowing it up and and he is so <laughs> yeah he, he had like a what two three week uh, period where he got adju- adjustment period and then yeah. just started lighting it up uh, so really good to see I I don't see, well, I don't know. We'll get. We'll see when it gets there. Like they've got a lot of tough decisions to make, and some veteran players might not get the call, and yeah. some young players. Like there's there's a lot of questions up in the air. But uh, right. yeah, if I'm going with Locks, Blair, Ban, and Graham Bygrass, after that, pretty wide open at all positions. Yeah, I I agree, I agree completely. Those two guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even Gord Perrin. I don't think he's guaranteed because there's just uh, no exactly. There's, there's a lot of good outside hitters. All right, so a couple more Olympic questions. You said that probably Canada and um, was one of the teams that was disadvantaged by the yeah. year delay. Do you think there's any team that's advantaged the other way? What team do you think benefited the most from a year delay? Well, the team I'm gonna pick is Team America because I think. <laughs> It would have been honestly like it would have been a shame last summer because Taylor Sander was injured. Uh, Aaron Russell was having tons of injury issues. Matt Anderson was having a few injury issues. Yeah. And like this Team USA team, this is this is like their big shot. Yeah. Right. Like this is the best generation of American volleyball players we've seen like in a long time, like probably since, you know, the 2000, obviously the 2008 team was amazing yeah. and that they, they had a very good team in the nineties as well. But like, this is another, like, this is a generation I don't see a lot of talent coming through the ranks in the USA uh, compared to maybe before. So, and like yeah. Micah Christensen, Taylor Sander, Aaron Russell, all, all these guys are in their late twenties. And then Matt Anderson is, this is, I'm sure this is going to be his last Olympics. And, you know, Quite I know good. some people like Ben Patch, but for me, he's not. He's, he's not, not like. Anderson. He's not Matt Anderson at all. So now, like everyone's healthy on Team USA. Like hopefully for them, yeah. <laughs> they're they're kind of starting to improve, and they have time to like get gel together. So I think, I think it would have sucked not having like a yeah. gold medal contender level team together at the twenty twenty Olympics. What, this is what USA volleyball was planning in that like twenty twelve to twenty fifteen period where we saw. Michael Christensen get the nod really yeah. early into his USA yeah, volleyball. Yeah, like exactly. everybody was this, like, "This has been in the works for like on? a decade." This, exactly. Like, so and like you said, like NCAA is still an amazing league, but very dominated by foreign players as of late. If we're talking about like Gabby Garcia Fernandez or uh, a Gardini on BOIU as well, or if we're going a couple years back, Stein Van Tilburg or, or Radu Parapunov. 
a yeah. bunch of bunch of dominant players in the NCAA, but not American. And we'll D- be Dane American. and Gimma before he uh, <laughs> yeah, started Kofi. rapping. <laughs> yeah, Kofi. Yeah, he's another he's another guy that would have been an, an insane to see play pro volleyball. But all the best to him and in sure. his new career path. Space Cadet, good good new song. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. He's released. He he seems to be releasing a few songs per month now. So yeah, it's good. It's good. Things are going good for him and. Had a great, great university career. Absolutely lit up the NCAA. So that's great for Canadian volleyball. Uh, if I'm thinking like he was probably the reason why Cole Ketrzynski got in on UCLA and Canadian Connection, he's going to be probably lighting it up this year for them. So we see one, two, three Canadians every year go to the NCAA and have good, you know, hopefully they have good careers because that's uh, good for our national team afterwards. For sure. And my, the question still, what team do you think, uh, getting back to the Olympics, which team do you think benefited the most? Do you, is it Team USA for you too easy or, or is there another team? Oh, yeah. Well, it's, you bring up a super good point as far as injuries, but like, is anybody going to beat Poland in that tournament? Okay. Like, that was going to be my next yeah. question. What, give me, give yeah. me your, your pick. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, did Poland get advantage by that? Maybe if they've been getting training in and just integrating Leon into that offense more and more and sort of figuring out because like every we're talking about who's going to be starters on other teams because they need to compete at the at a certain level. But Poland has the problem having too many players that are able to certain to perform at that level. So they're going to have to pick that sort of team that's going to give them the best chance. But I think whoever they're going to pick, like, I mean, you can pick any position and They've got a they've got a pool of players to pick from that that can win. So, I think Poland probably didn't benefit. They would have done well either way. But if more time is what they need to figure out what the best option for them is, uh, Poland would definitely get the my pick for the next Olympics. Well, you saw they were one of the few uh, pro national team programs who actually got together last summer and had, and had like a big training camp. So I'm sure <laughs> they they know that they they yeah. know what their odds are. Um, but my thing is. There's two things I, I I think Poland is the favorite as well, but there's two things I'm worried yeah. about. One, we saw a fully healthy uh, top level Polish team lose in Eurovolley to that's, Slovenia. That's what yeah, that's sort so, of what made me hesitate. I mean, they're beatable. It, it, volleyball yeah. is tough because I don't I don't think it's uh, I don't think volleyball is a sport where like we've ever seen a team like just absolutely uh, dominate completely necessarily. Maybe as much as other sports. And then and then my other point is doesn't matter how how really how good your third outside hitter is it doesn't matter how good yeah. your third middle is like uh, Bartosz Bednors and Piotr Novakowski aren't gonna like get you points sitting on the bench mm-hmm. so you know they, obviously they <laughs> like if you were to give their outside hitters like to Italy probably like Poland's like 12th <laughs> outside hitter would start yeah. on Italy on Italy but, yeah but uh like not an option yeah how does that help you right so exactly. I think for me Poland is tier one and then brazil russia usa tier like 1.5 because i think people are a little low on russia because they kind of uh yeah because of everything happening yeah but like they're gonna they're not even gonna be representing russia they're gonna be like yeah it's it's gonna be a tough one in that perspective but man like kliuk is so like they're so athletic it's unbelievable how athletic that team is crazy Uh, another question for you where do where do france go from here then if you're if we're talking about euro volley which would be the last i mean main 
uh, international competition to base ourselves off of. Like, who plays for France? Like, are they competitive? Uh, yeah, France, France is a tough one. And, and yeah. you know, speaking of another team that that's their window is, is shut after this. Yeah, uh, this they're definitely peaking right right around now too. And I mean, you probably <laughs> guess that a little bit for France in 2016. Um, exactly. For me, I mean, they they have really talented players. I think, and they're one of those teams, um, you know, that that can play well at every position. But they they do have some very tough lineup decisions to make because I've been watching a lot of Antoine Brizard on Zenit Saint Petersburg. Well, yeah. And like, man, <laughs> he is. I think he's one of the best ten setters in the world. Like, he's amazing. Like, and he's getting a lot better too. Uh, well, and then you have he's just proven. Yeah, and, and then, then you got Tony Uti. Yeah, but Tony Uti again, like leading Zaxa to like never lose a game. Yeah. Also, yeah, that's gonna be tough. And then, yeah, maybe maybe we'll see a six two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. I don't know player only back row setters. Uh, and then the yeah, opposite for me, I think. Uh, I think there's just gonna go Jean Petri because uh, I think so too. Stefan Boyer. I mean, he's, he seems like I I don't know him, and I've I haven't actually. Yeah, exactly. Him. I haven't really, I haven't interviewed him or any or talked to him or anything, but he does seem like a bit of a, actually, no, never mind. I did, I did it. I did talk to him. <laughs> 19 actually is a nice guy, but clearly doesn't get along well with some players on the French team. Exactly. And then, I mean, the second outside hitter, I am a Trevor Cleveno fan and he's been having a pretty good season oh, in Piacenza. Exactly. Super, super, one of my f- favorite players to watch. I, the first YouTube video I made was <laughs> Trevor Cleveno. Like, man, this guy's crazy. Uh, just because of the the weird shit he does all the time and yeah. ways to score points, and then the yeah I guess and then but they also have Yassine Luati, uh, Julian Niniel is going to be injured I think. Yeah, exactly. Kevin Tilly. Yeah, yeah Kevin Tilly's still in the picture. Like, are are we completely ruling is, out Tilly or? I mean, t- Kevin Tilly's hilarious, really cool guy, but <laughs> and he's the coach's son, but and, yeah, man, he's he's been having a horrendous season. Yeah, <laughs> to stand out, like horrendous. I'm glad you you mentioned Cleveno because I watched that uh, that game that France Poland bronze medal game uh, last week and for anybody that hasn't seen it that is probably the story of 2019 volleyball Trevor Cleveno not getting a start at all at Eurovolley and then getting the start in the bronze medal game and I don't know, didn't make a mistake till the third set yeah all those Eurovolley games we recently put them on YouTube so if you yeah. guys missed uh, Eurovolley like top quality production mm. top quality uh volleyball top quality pre-game interviews obviously <laughs> um yeah but trevor Cleveno, yeah I, th- I think he's i think he's the second guy um or Ang- Pet. <laughs> we treated him, we talked about him on my show this week yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, but I, it's <laughs> a sensitive subject and if you if we sort of ignore his stint with Zenit kazan then it's a lock uh, he's a lock for for that number one spot in France, but it, you can't ignore what's been going on in Zenit Kazan and the fact that he has sort of that leadership role that isn't going well there. Is that something that can happen on the French national team? I don't know. Like obviously, Engapit plays well where he's comfortable, and he's not comfortable in Russia right now. So but he is comfortable in France. So I think we'll see another so, Engapit. Yeah. All right. So let's to end the episode. Let's do a. Uh, our official Olympic tier list. All right, sounds good. All right, so tier one, we both have Poland. Yep. I think. Uh, and then I'm cheating a little bit. 
<laughs> but I put kind of 1.5 putting USA, Brazil, and Russia because I, I do think they, all those teams have a pretty good shot any day of the week of beating Poland. Yeah. And all it takes is one game, right? So, like, uh, those teams, all they have to do is get out of their get out, of the, get out of their round robin. They don't have to beat Poland that round robin, but once it gets to quarters, semis, and finals, that's where it all goes down, and it, it's one game. They beat Poland, they, they sure. definitely got Okay, yeah. and, and I have France and Italy, like I discussed earlier, in the next tier. Yeah, yeah, France, Italy. Um, if we're going about, if we're going to talk about who would be closest to them, uh, Canada, Iran, and Japan, uh, I don't think any of them have proven, uh, and Argentina, sorry. Yeah, okay. uh, I was, gonna, yeah, I was, I was giving you a strange look over the Zoom call because I think Argentina, I mean, what are they, like f- fifth in the FIVB rankings, yeah. which is too high, for, definitely, but still, like, they're a really still good Still a team. very respectable team. So, yeah, Canada, Argentina, Iran, and Japan would be those teams that sort of could creep in and take a spot from those t- uh, higher tier teams, but so, I don't think So that's make- your third tier. That would be that very the, the third tier Japan. So, so I disagree with you on one of those. All right. Do you want to ahead. guess which one? Japan. Yeah. Or Japan, I have in, in a separate tier four. Um, okay. <laughs> which I, I've I've told people before sometimes, and that I feel like Japan has a different uh, reputation online, maybe in the in the volleyball community yeah. oh yeah because yeah. they have a lot of a lot of uh fans Fine, obviously yeah. the the high q is very popular but i mean and also they have the fact that they um did really well at the world cup exactly uh, that's what that's where i'm basing myself so on. if but the thing about the world cup is so so many teams kind of in their tier didn't like have their top team yeah i guess so and they're playing at home i think i think that overvalued japan a little bit in their defense, yeah. I think Yuki Ishikawa and Yuji Nishida have taken a step since they last played for the yeah. national team. Both those guys are having like ridiculous seasons uh, yeah. in their respective countries. But I, I just can't put Japan up there because their middles are just like uh, just not good. even close to the to the level of any other teams. And you, you find that so much. They have incredible floor defense, but in reception, but they just get eaten alive sometimes because because the just the blocking and, and and i think when in the olympics when you know there's all the scouting and teams are are know, yeah. know your tendencies really well I, I think you like it's going to be really hard for japan to 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 hide their lack of blocking so you would have japan in that tier four but the reason i didn't put them uh in tier four is that i would have that tunisia and venezuela so would you agree that tunisia and venezuela sort of have that tier five. Oh yeah, Japan I have a tier five. Like, no, okay. trust me. I know okay. <laughs> those two teams are not are not all right. There's like yeah. and the thing is like I, I think I think the first four tiers are relatively close. And then you have like probably like twenty national teams and then probably <laughs> unfortunately I mean uh, it's 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 too bad to say because I think I think yeah I was I was really mad when Bulgaria lost to Brazil in that Olympic qualifier match yeah. because that would have meant uh Brazil would have easily qualified in South America anyway, and Bulgaria would have been a lot better than than Ven- or I mean, yeah, Bulgaria well, yeah, would have been better than Venezuela for sure. Like the just the fact that America has that those two uh, qualifiers, but with such little teams compared to Europe, for example, that has one qualifier, it's just 
it just creates these scenarios that well it's a, a huge shame that serbia is not in the olympics like that's, serbia yeah exactly that's, that's ridiculous. the big, this biggest disappointment because and it's not like it's not a knock to them like obviously they 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 didn't deliver on time but i mean if well, you we would have at, said the same thing about france if they missed right exactly so I mean, it, it was a last chance tournament. And then you look at teams like Venezuela who had a South American qualifier with probably no top 15 teams in that tournament. Yeah, I think Chile was, was the team they beat. Chile the was the final, yeah. Yeah, Chile was the, fi- the finalist because we had Brazil and Argentina already qualify. And after that, South America takes a drop. And like, we get, like North America gets a qualifier, but I mean- Hey, that was competitive. And- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a three it's a three team continent. It's a it's a three team continent. Now, now uh, that Cuba's uh, letting their players play again, it yeah, <laughs> it's time to get worried as as uh, Canadians. Um, oh, exactly. But yeah, uh, so I think that rounds out the tiers uh, yeah. for an eventual. So Olympics very excited tournament. for the Olympics. Can't wait. Yeah, um, and I think it's gonna happen. I'm, I'm pretty i'm pretty sure so, gonna something's happen. gonna happen it might not be what we're expecting but something's yeah. gonna happen. i think it's just gonna be volleyball and beach volleyball i think so, so too <laughs> yeah no other all sports right. all right thanks nicholas for joining us just a reminder if you guys are still listening uh volley sport news vsn <laughs> at volley sport news must follow i mean like it's a, it's a no-brainer if you follow this if you listen to this podcast like you guys are gonna love this channel as well Nicholas, looking forward to watching, listening to more of your stuff. I think you're going to have a really good community going on, and uh, best of yeah. luck with that. Well, thanks for having me on, Dan. I uh, really appreciate it, and love your stuff as well. Podcast going great, and that un- that new Euro Volley channel with Rob is is going to make a lot of fans happy, I think. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Just getting more content for people, because you know you're probably like me like this is the stuff i wanted to yeah to always watch growing up but uh all i had was blurry uh, <laughs> 480p videos of uh, Lionel marshall and jiba yeah <laughs> that's what i grew up on anyway thanks guys for listening to the 5-1 volleyball podcast and i'll talk to you next week